G-R-A-P-E. Great rap, dude. Welcome to Set Meals, a weekly chat show about the moments that surround mealtimes. I'm Taylor Fawcett. And I'm Samuel Ashton. And we're two friends with a relationship rooted in our shared admiration for a boneless banquet and a side of beans. Gravy, obviously. As well as a financially crippling delivery habit. First off, if you haven't listened to episode one of Set Meals, the podcast series our friends are calling... A refreshing take on food conversations hosted by two people who have nothing more than bad food. Do it. Hit pause, track back, and listen to the first episode. It'll better inform you about the show, who we are, and what we're trying to achieve. Spoiler, it is an excuse to eat more. So, we've made it to a second episode, meaning our initial worries of being unable to stick to some form of a reliable schedule seem completely unwarranted. Although, there is still time. Episode two, then. As usual, we're going to start by dipping into our news section. This section includes food-related matters that recently caught our eye, gourmet gossip, meals of note, and basically a roundup of how much pizza-induced self-loathing we've been subjected to in the last week. Then we'll move on to our restaurant section. This section is less of a TripAdvisor review and more of a recommendation from friends. We eat out a lot, not to mention ordering in a lot, and we thought that put us in a pretty good position to introduce you to some of our favourite spots, take you along for the experience, as well as, eventually, talking to some people in the industry that know a lot more about food than we do. Also, riding the efficiency wave that came with getting our first episode in the can, we've set up our social channels. Yes, we've proudly secured at Set Meals Podcast across both Twitter and Instagram. Consistency is key. So be sure to head over there for an abundance of visual cues complementing each episode. section straight into it news item one italy what were you doing there i was on a job um shooting some stuff around the juventus game that was in town i flew out on the monday afternoon the match was on a tuesday evening but i wanted to get cheering in so i didn't want to be rushing around on the day of the shoe and feel groggy and crappy or whatever so i flew on the monday afternoon from stansted as you were aware, because I made you very aware, food options stands at the airport. Right, it's a tricky thing, right? When you fly, you don't want to eat shit before your flight, even though we, we inevitably both do. Yeah, I use it as an eat. excuse. That's it. As soon as I'm away, I'm like, let's do it. Let's eat yeah. whatever the hell I want. Basically, if I'm traveling, working, if I've done exercise, <laughs> basically, if I've done anything that's not sitting on my sofa at home, it's an excuse to eat shit. Food. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I arrive at Stansted knowing full well what the food options are. I'm looking at Leon. I'm looking at Starbucks. I'm thinking, all I want from you is a double espresso shot with cream. And then I'm looking at Burger King. Unfortunately, Burger King is closed down for renovation. When I turned the corner into the main terminal and glanced over and saw a Big, big Burger King branded hoarding. I thought, ah, I'm off to a stinker. Not that I would have committed to a Burger King without hesitating, because I, I do feel like pre-flight is a risky move. Can I grab some baked fries? And take away. A charcoal chicken burger. Just take away or no, eat it. Have here, please. Any allergies? Uh, no. And a water, please. So the fries, chicken burger, and small water, big water. Small water's fine. Thanks. Okay. Thank you very much. Come in, just come in. Hang on. Hold your horses. You want it? Yeah. Tuck it under there. I opted for Leon. Great choice. I feel like Leon straddles this line of being health food. And I say that with a pinch of salt. Salt's the problem, to be honest. Whilst still satisfying the dirty food itch. I feel like the bottle of water justified the health factor because it wasn't a fizzy drink and it wasn't a beer. Yeah. You know? Fair, um, fair enough. You know what I mean? I get, you, I get where you're coming from. My rationale's there. I don't know if you... Yeah, yeah I, I know. I don't agree with you I don't think whatsoever, I agree. But... 
What do you mean? You can't have a Coke, man. You're traveling. <laughs> you're fully off the lead when you're traveling. Yeah. Holiday mode. Um, so I ordered my chicken burger, which wasn't the Korean chicken burger, which just had gochujang slaw on it, I think. I also got given mayonnaise, and the lady behind the counter was very forthright in telling me how spicy it was. Mayo spicy, though, yeah? It wasn't the consistency of mayonnaise at all. It was just like a spicy dip. So I've left Leon. I've taken my flight. I arrived in Milan uh, a night early because I wanted to get a head start the next day. Although that did backfire because foolishly, uh, I decided to stay in a five-bed hostel dorm uh, to keep costs down. I am in a hostel and it is absolutely miserable. Which, by the way, saw me spend the entire night sleeping with a towel over my head in fear of catching whatever cold the woman in the bunk opposite me was coughing at. And the worst thing is you came out of that looking the worst because they would have seen you and thought you looked like a psychopath. 100%. Yeah. I woke up the next day at like 6am because I physically couldn't stand being in that room anymore. Ciao. Get me the fuck out of here. Tin up and you in. Uh, first stop was a cafe, big windows, loads of old people sat inside, very decadent decor, um, big old pastry counter, big old coffee bar. I've just been in to what I thought was a chocolate croissant, but I've made this mistake before. There seems to be some sort of uh, chocolate mousse. I mean, it isn't bad, it's just very intense. Yeah, like every time I go into an Italian coffee bar, there's a couple of old guys in there, a couple of older ladies who are normally like doled up, quite glamorous. People that are in, like suited up on their way to work or they've just jumped in. If it's in the out in the countryside, it generally just seems to be old men. And you go in there and like they stand there and they have their coffee. And especially, like I say, especially the more rural ones, it's as if they've been there for hours. Yeah. And it's like... You sort of take for granted that those things still exist. Like I always, I always think, oh well, it's the modern, it's the modern world now. Like there, there aren't still old people sipping coffee in cafes in Italy. And then you go in there, and I always feel like they've just, they've all been doing other stuff, and they've come there for my benefit, as if they're like actors ushered out. Yeah, like they're like, oh, the English boy is coming. So then <laughs> they all run in and they pretend to have this great time, and it's all thing just for my benefit to make me feel nice and warm. It and does, like feel, I'm experiencing it does, it does this feel amazing like that. European culture. And then as soon as I leave, they all go back to playing on their iPhones. I wandered around Turin that day and shot around the city. And in the evening, I was shooting some stuff around the Juventus game that night. Uh, Unfortunately, my accreditation fell through, so I couldn't actually get into the ground, which is unfortunate, having travelled to the ground. Um, So (laughs) I had to sit in a Rosso Pomodoro... uh, Attached to the Allianz Stadium. I wish you shouldn't wouldn't say that chain name with such disdain. Well, do you know what? I've never actually been to a Rosso Pomodoro before. Well, that's your problem. I mean, I'm not ever really drawn to chains when it comes to pizza places. Domino's obviously is an outlier in this conversation because it's vastly different product. Yeah, you can't compare, can you? I've never been to a Rosso Pomodoro before, and uh, the this particular restaurant, bearing in mind, was right next to a stadium in which uh, a Champions League fixture was being played that night, was absolutely heaving, was so busy. And I thought, why are you coming all the way here, wherever you live in, in, in the city, why are you coming to this branch of Ross Pomodoro next to a major stadium to have dinner tonight? I just thought it was odd. I would have thought all their through traffic would have just been people going to the stadium or coming out of the stadium. 
hmm. rather than people actually there during the great game. But I guess I don't know the area. Maybe people live around it. I don't really know. It's not all about football, Sam. Maybe no, you're right. However, they did have the football in, on inside, <laughs> so it maybe it is all about football. That part of the world. Um, I sat down as a, as a one on the end of a table with ten uh, dads whose children were all um, gifted tickets to the game. So the 10 dads, is obviously they've obviously chaperoned their kids to the stadium. They haven't been let in um, to look after them. And they've just been sitting in Ross Pomodoro drinking a beer. When you say on the end of the table, mm-hmm. are you on their table or are you... Dude, I'm, I am. I like to imagine they're all sitting down at each end of the table, not to be um, make a generalisation, but like the mafia, mm-hmm. on either side of a big meeting table. Mm-hmm. And then you're sat on the end, you know, like like the head of the table, right? Looking down each line right. of people, but trying not to look at them, if because you're very aware if, of the situation. If you take that that vision, yeah, and behind me is a uh, a 42 inch plasma screen showing the Champions <laughs> League, and I'm turned the other way. That oh. is exactly how it looked. Wow! Exactly how it looked. I was plonked on the end of the table, the head of the table. Like you may say, with ten blokes who are all very excited to watch their team in the Champions League. Wait, so are you are they watching the TV? Yes, and you're watching them watch the TV. No, or no, you're no, also no, no. Watching my the TV? back is to they're 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 all looking toward me and past me at the screen. Right, right. Okay, I'm okay. my back is turned around, so I'm also looking at said screen. But but having ordered my Diavola from Rosmoldora, which is. At, a splendid pizza with some very good tomatoes on there. Mm-hmm. It was very enjoyable. I had to obviously turn and cut my pizza with a knife and fork because everyone else was doing it. I was like, I'm not going to be the, the English guy who just gets, gets in with his hands. I tried to have a conversation with them. They were they spoke terrible English. I speak terrible Italian. Are you nervous? Are you uh, scared? Are you, are you feeling good? I understand. You good or no? Uh, so it was all very broken. Um, it was very enjoyable. There was a lot of shouting, a lot of yelling. Um, I left at half time because I was like, I'm not going to stick around until full time and wait for this Ross Pomodoro to be the, the busiest restaurant in Turin. Uh, so I thought I'd hop out. However, when I was on the bus on the way to the tube back to my Airbnb, you text me giving me football score updates. Mm. And I was like, freaking out because i was like holy shit i'm in i'm in turin i can't be the only person in turin missing the action so when I, you were specifically there to capture the action exactly that i then couldn't capture because i couldn't get the damn stadium hopped off the bus in a random area god bless google maps that's what i'm mm-hmm. saying literally ran down the road and i entered what can only be described as a um a locals bar Mm. In the in some random suburb in Turin, uh, I walk in. Everybody is backs to me, looking at a telly in the corner of the room, very high up, bracketing of a telly. It was very high. It was like right up in the gods, like. Right. So, and it was it wasn't a very big bar, so everyone was kind of really crammed in, but everyone had a real angle on their heads, so everyone just looked a bit uncomfortable. At least they were facing away from you, though. Because the idea of walking in and they're facing towards you is quite intimidating. Yeah, no one really turned around either because they were all just so engrossed in the game, which is kind of good. Approached the bar, bought a large 660ml Moretti off the woman behind the bar, who was very lovely and smiley and very welcoming for two euros, Tay. Mm. Two euros! I couldn't believe it. So good. Could not believe it. I got got 20 euros out after seeing a two euros in my hand. I thought, oh, that's not going to be enough. She was like, two euros is fine, that's it. 
That's amazing. Europe. Whenever there was like a break in play or some action, like a yellow card or a goal or whatever, the lady behind the bar would top up everyone's like shot glasses on the table. Like they all had like chases on the table. It was all like the average age must have been about like mid late 50s. And um, they were like a lot of old boys in there for sure. Yeah. And uh, everyone was pretty hammered. And I think the owner was right right by the TV. He was like the guy right this. Uh, he was like giving it the big one, waving his arms and like getting the crowd G'd up. He was taking the real manager's role. They were all drinking their shots, the like, chases and their beers. I stood drinking my Big Moretti with with some weird finger food, like on the bar right behind me. Uh, on the bar behind me, a glass sort of topped bar, not dissimilar to a jeweler's counter. Um, there were like snacks, so we had, I couldn't take pictures. It was one of those places that if an outsider went in, it was very obvious, so I was trying to be low-key. Um, but there were, uh, there was bread, obviously, Italy. There were <laughs> these little, what looked like um, torn-up pieces of baguette with uh, a sort of semicircle of salami on and a quarter of a boiled egg. But the boiled egg was, well, you know when boiled eggs go a little bit black and the yellow kind of the, the, the the yellow is so desaturated it looks anemic they look like that it was, looks awful and then they had what can only be described as churros with cheese in them um which i don't know if they were that but they did definitely look like that exactly what you mean by this food as well mm. it and looked awful in a in a country that's supposed to be the culinary yeah, do you know center. what I mean? It goes back to the you, bar point and the point before. You think they couldn't make bad food and then you see it, that stuff, sometimes in a bar and you're like, oh, oh this is terrible. It's yeah. weird, isn't it? And I know it's like tarring an entire country with the same brush, but it's like... It's a, it's a lovely brush to be tarred with. And the last thing, when the final whistle blows and uh, I get the hell out of there because it's mental, um, I run to the toilet before I go and uh, they haven't even got a toilet. They've just got a hole in the floor, so just just pissing into a floor. Which set the tone for the evening, really. Mm. <laughs> Final bit of news for the week. Luca. Okay, Luca is an Italian restaurant on St. John Street in Clerkenwell uh, in London. I feel like this is the happiest you've been eating out for a long time. Yeah. Top three experiences in London, easily, maybe, maybe top. Bold. I'd say Luca was kind of like understated in terms of like it doesn't really get a lot of hype. There's restaurants that get like huge hype. Right? There's restaurants like Brat and uh, Bright and restaurants that like win awards and are really, really hypey. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Luca's kind of missed that a little bit in a yeah. good in a kind of good way though. I think so too. I also think it's down to where it is because yeah, it's sort yeah. of in the middle of just loads of offices and yeah. It's in this in the week. It's a really busy area, like eight through to six. But then it just drops off the face of the earth because nobody goes there. Yeah, and then on the weekend, nobody hangs around around that area. It's so easy to go out and eat in London, and there are a lot of places that are really good and aren't that expensive, mm-hmm. or relatively, you can have a half decent meal there, and it doesn't cost you loads and loads of money. Yeah, for sure. But Luca is somewhere that you pay a little bit more, but you get 
so much more of what you get. So it feels a lot more special. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like you're just going out for another meal. Mm-hmm. Aware is a very privileged thing to say, but like such is the nature of living in London, I suppose. Yeah. Honestly, you could walk past it, you wouldn't even know it was there. Mm-hmm. You walked in, like just met, really nice hostess, took our coats, which I always think is a really nice touch, mm-hmm. and took our coats and put them in a cupboard and gave us a ticket. Mm, nice. Didn't just hang them up by the door. Nice. The the general decor and stuff at Luke is awesome. It's like um an old Italian house in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the loads head, of booths on, right on the yeah. le- on the left. So you walk, you walk in, in, there's all the booths on the left, and that I mean, again, the, just the whole experience. Like when you walk in, you look at those booths and you think that looks like a nice place to have dinner, mm-hmm. and you instantly think I want to sit. There was a, there was a vacant booth there. I was like, I want to sit. I hope that's where we're sitting. Like first thing I saw. Which is just a positive thought yeah. to have as soon as you walk in. I feel like that's all. It's all been considered. You get sold the dream straight off yeah. the bat. Yeah, it's almost the front of the restaurant is almost a pre-restaurant. There's like a few booths, people eating food, and then there's a bar on the right hand side, and it's just like that could be it. Mm-hmm. It was a really small restaurant that could be it, and there'd be five tables and that'd be it. But then you walk through to the back, um, and it all just totally opens up uh, into this, like I say, this big like old Italian Italian country house that's sort of been modernized but they've actually like kept all the old walls that are semi plastered and it's not rustic's the wrong word because it's it's quite well finished and it's quite uh it's like a um a case study home from like dzine it's yeah it's the sort of place that if you went to if you went there in italy mm-hmm. it would just be it would feel quite normal yeah not normal if you're high end but it would feel mm-hmm. not too try hard mm-hmm. and that was the whole thing about the luca experience for me is that at no point did i feel like they were trying to be cool mm-hmm. it was just this is how we do it mm-hmm. and we're really fucking good at it. Food, we, first of all, we sit down and the waitress immediately asks us if we'd like anything to drink before giving us a drinks menu, which tells you it's the kind of place that people go and they know what they want to have, you know, you know, they know they want to have a glass of Prosecco. Then we have water and again, just refillable bottle, like mm-hmm. refillable bottle of sparkling water. I'm all about that. It's, nice, it's a nice vibe. Like, it's not so, enough places to do that. No. People that charge you for sparkling water in restaurants still is complete bullshit. Yeah. And then the menu is uh, traditional Italian. So antipasti, primi, secondi, mm-hmm. desserts. Yeah. So we ordered starters, burrata, parmesan fries, which was the first thing you asked me about after I said, or no, before I said I was, go- when I, said I was going there, you said make sure you get the parmesan fries, mm-hmm. which I imagined to be potato fries mm-hmm. with parmesan on top, hey, rookie. Yeah, what I later learned is that it's more like a it's more like churros with oh, parmesan in the middle. Oh yeah, grated parmesan. Yeah, yeah, on top yeah, as well, right. yeah, yeah. Your scops as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the sc- what what were the scores topped with? Uh, they- it's like an unduja. Oh, yeah. You know that that new the yeah. new chorizo. The new chorizo. Uh, yeah, like spicy sausage. It's like paste, right? It's like yeah, a, yeah. It's so like they a, basically it's like blended up this or unduja right? to make yeah like a sort of really intense. There's not very much of it on there, but it's super mm, intense flavor. Mm. The pasta we had, one was a uh, kale pesto, mm-hmm. bucatini with kale pesto, which actually was, it was really nice, but it was very, very bitter. And I sort of forgot, because well, I was wrapped up in the moment of loving it so much, I forgot that I don't actually like kale that much and I mm, find it quite bitter. That's a shame. And In terms of ordering that and then being like, yeah, oh, fuck. But I have to say, it was really, really good. Okay. For, for the fundamental flavour of it is something that I don't like and I ate the whole thing. Because it was just a really pleasant. Experience. With kale being that bitter and a lot of olive oil, that must be hella bitter. There's nothing really. Yeah, it out. was. It was lemon involved in that, or what? Uh, to be honest, I can't remember. Okay. And then we had just like the ragu. Mm-hmm. It was rigatoni, which again, I don't, I don't love rigatoni as a pasta shape, mm-hmm. but honestly, it was mm-hmm. unreal. It was mm-hmm. amazing. Nice. 
and again, like we were talking about this earlier, just the right, the right amount. It comes every time I get pasta in a London restaurant. It comes, and I think there's not enough there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like fresh off my burrata. I'm feeling mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, you've warmed up. And then it comes, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm really hungry after this. I wish I'd ordered the massive chop or whatever mm-hmm. it was from the secondi. And by the time you finish it, you're struggling to finish it off. Yeah. Last month, so satisfying that feeling. But then I'm like, I'm satisfied. Yeah. And it's, what's really satisfying is going to a restaurant at Luca and be able to get into the end of the meal, ordering a, something sweet at the end, which I'm not really for, but my girlfriend's a bit of a sweet fiend. And then ordering a coffee and feeling great. So yeah, very happy to pay the bill. Very happy to pay the service charge. Left feeling very, very satisfied. My experience with Luca was very different to that. Yeah, I know. I loved the food at Luca. Loved it. But we, were, we waited really long between the kind of like starter and our like secondi, whatever course it was. But it, it was a big portion of the meal that we were like, this is just taking ages. It was like 30 minutes. I remember raising it to the, the head waiter or the front of house manager or something. And he just was not interested at all. He was really arsy. He was like a bit cold, a bit frosty. In those situations, you want the, you want the guy to be like, oh, I'm so sorry, or like, you know, just making, like accommodating your feedback rather than making you feel shit for saying something that he doesn't necessarily want to hear, right? Mm. So that was my lasting impression of it. And uh, I actually emailed and just like hit them up with some feedback. British culture, if if we think things are going to be misconstrued as insulting or offensive to somebody, we just don't say anything. And we just go back in our shell and we don't even say anything. So I kind of like had to force myself to send an email. And it was basically just like, look, I waited too long. You know, it's a it's a it's a it's a substantial amount of money. And had you been dealt with in the appropriate, like in a nice yeah, way, you probably I would never, would never have emailed. Have that email. No, I would have just been like, oh, yeah, it's a bit long and whatever. But I just like the handling of the situation is a bit shit. However, and that happened. They emailed me back. They offered me a complimentary meal. This was ages ago. Never actually took them back up on it. But in the you're in, a fool. I know. We between, could have, but think the, about how many parmesan fries we could have had on that. Thing is, between then and now, I'd be, I've been there for a shoot with a friend of mine and I had to talk to the, the 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 waiter that served us, the head waiter, the front of house manager guy. The one that was arsy with you before. The one that was arsy with me right. and talk to him like usual and be really nice in hope that with with the hundreds of people that pass through his door every week, he, he has no idea who I am and he doesn't put two and two together with my email and my face. So whether or not he knew and, and I knew and we both were being ironically too polite to, to say anything I don't know so that was my very different take on Luca but food was great thank you restaurant section yes this week we went to Home Slice for those of you who don't know Home Slice is a uh, London chain is that, is that right? London Chain? Is that right? Yeah, like an independent chain. Yeah. There, I, there is more than one location. Yeah, but like only in London. Yeah. Um, they have multiple locations. They've got one in Neil's Yard, which is in Covent Garden. That's the, the original one. That's the OG, yeah. That's like right in the theatre area of central London. Right. Um, Fitzrovia, Shoreditch... Uh, in City, which is new, Marlebone and White City, which is the, the television centre. We went to the Shoreditch branch on a very quiet afternoon. <laughs> I think we were the only people in there, but like four or five other lads in the back corner, which was actually really nice. Yeah, it was really nice. It was chill, man. It was super chill. Mm. It's quite nice how quiet it is, to be honest. It's quiet in the pub yesterday at three o'clock as well, because everyone's at work, so... <laughs> we thought, based on my um, relationship with the restaurant, 
um, we would be cheeky, like we were, like we deserved something, mm-hmm. even though it's been years. a good year or two since you knew anyone that worked in that branch. Exactly, that's yeah. the thing. Not even since I worked there. It's been about four years since I worked there. It's been so long since I've worked there that I know nobody that still works there. To the point where even now I walk in and I think, oh, it, and no one's there. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, fine, yeah. I'm living in the past anyway. So talk to two girls who we never met. Um, and asked them cheekily if we could uh, have three toppings. That's not true. We asked them if we could have four toppings. That is true. We asked if we could have four toppings instead of two. Can we have four, to- like four options on a pizza instead of half and half? Can we go four? Just because you're quiet. They flat out refused. There was That was a no-go. Um, the waitress then called her manager over, which seemed excessive. Oh, and at this yeah. point, I thought, yeah, we're, we're arseholes. <laughs> This lady, the manager. Lucy. Lucy. <laughs> We're being those guys on a quiet Friday afternoon before the, like, they ramp up for their horrible weekend. Um, and she reluctantly allowed us to do three toppings instead of two. Three of you ready? Can we go three? Can we get the lamb, the salami and the, and the mushroom? Oh, yeah, we Don't worry. Thank you. Yep. Home Slice is famous. I guess it, I would say it is famous as well because it kind of like, it really, it came about a few years ago. Um, a guy named Rye Jessup started making pizzas in his back garden, as far as I'm aware. And then he partnered with some people and got some investment. They opened their first brick and mortar which was as we said the neil's yard location in covent garden and honestly it's just like gone from strength to strength um i mean what a gamble that is opening your first place dude it in central london i mean insane. yeah you're gonna make money if it's successful but you but the, also the you risk can, is huge yeah it's, it's it's kind of amazing really because also you can argue that it's pizza so it's always gonna sell mm. but also it's pizza, so there's a hundred other people doing it. If you ever mention this at another site, I will deny all <laughs> knowledge. Thank you very much. They do full pizzas or half and half, and toppings vary. Uh, they've got flavours. Flavours? Nah. Flavours. What flavours your pizza? Flavour? Nah. Is you it flavour? I don't think it is flavour. Maybe it is. How else would you explain it, though? Or describe it? Well, I don't know. You probably use the word flavours, but now that we say it, it sounds really weird. It sounds weird. Because right. even if you have what flavour is yours, you wouldn't say, oh, it's pepperoni. Salami, salami yeah. flavour. Yeah, it's weird. They have stuff like uh, salami rocket parmesan, which is a classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, margarita, obviously. Your favourite, which is the mushroom ricotta pumpkin seed. And truffle oil. And truffle oil, which I always forget about. But, well, you might as well not have it then. Yeah, I know. Because to be honest, I'd go in there, take a straw and just drink the truffle oil out of the bottle. It's so good. I could. Yeah. Sweet, isn't it? God, it is so sweet. Uh, that pizza, I can conjure up that taste of that pizza anywhere, whatever mm-hmm. I'm doing, wherever I'm Right now, I can taste it in my mouth. Mm, so good. It's so memorable. Yeah, it's wicked. And they have like, so those 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 flavours are like, flavours? Are like the staples. So they're on the takeout menu. And then they have four, five, six other um, options on the main menu that are only available as full or half-sized pizzas. Yeah. Stuff like the lamb shoulder and uh, the chorizo corn coriander, which I actually really like. And they're not really classic pizzas at all. Like, it's not a Neapolitan style. It's not like New York style. It's kind of its own thing. Super thin crust. There's definitely been 
people at certain tables in that restaurant as part of a party saying, well, this isn't pizza. Yeah, I you can't call people. this pizza. It's not pizza. <laughs> the crust is really salty, which is banging. Mm-hmm. And really like olive oily, but not oily, but it tastes really just so good. I don't know what they put in the base, but it's so good. Honestly, I think it's the best pizza in town. Well, what do you look for in pizza? I go tomato is the winner for me. The tomato, the 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 tomato sauce topping is the is the one for me. It's bizarre because both my two favorite pizzas from Home Slice, neither of them have because uh, I'm the same. Mm-hmm. Like good tomatoes on a pizza. What's is... your second one other than the mushroom ricotta and mushroom? The um... lamb. With the sumac yogurt and the savoy cabbage. Fear that is that is a good one though. And but neither you, of those have tomato on. Yeah, you know what? If someone asked me, "What do you think of white pizza?" I'd say not asked. But now you've said that, those two are fucking good. That lamb one is unreal. They used to be goat shoulder originally. The meat on that, mm. and I used to eat it religiously. And they changed the lamb, which equally is good. But it's the sumac yogurt on it. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's really, really nice. It's like bright enough that it, it just like lifts that fattiness of the meat and like, yeah, it's really good. The other thing I like about that one in particular is that they, like I said, the bases are very, very thin, mm-hmm. but they absolutely cover it in toppings. Yeah, and, they're, not, it, they're not stingy with toppings. No, and it somehow seems to maintain some sort of structure yeah, when you eat a, it. There's a bit of a knack with eating home slice because they, they famously, and, they, and, they, and they'll tell you, they hate people who ask for knives and forks. And rightly so. They're all about the getting getting into it and getting a bit dirty and a bit messy. Whatever they give you a pizza cutter with your um with your order and you just slice it up as uh, at will. There's a bit of a knack in folding the kind of tip on into itself, mm. so you haven't got this dangling end to your pizza. Well, that's the thing because they're so big. They're so the big. Slices are really long. That's it. You cut them like slithers, don't you? You've got to almost cut them quite big, so then you can like chuck your middle little index finger and fold it. And then just get it in. Because otherwise it's like, you know when you um, extend a tape measure out really, really far and you can keep it sort of stiff. To a point. To a point and then it flops. Yeah. That happens with your pizza because they're so long. So you've got to be able to fold that flop back on itself. It's exactly like that. Yeah. And once you've got rid of that flop in one bite, you're golden. Mm-hmm. You've got your you've got your balance back. You're feeling good. Home Slice. 10 out of 10. Home Slice. Yes. It's fucking good. So if you're about, check out Home Slice. Uh, we will list the locations in the description of the show, so check that out. So, episode two, nailed. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. At Set Meals Podcast. See you next week. <laughs>